Hello and welcome to our last episode of 2019. I'm Yanina Doyle. I'm Jonathan Kleeman. Um, and we want to do a nice little shout out to begin with. Um, we're going to look at some South African wine just for our last filler episode. Um, B underscore bears underscore notebook. You have specifically requested South Africa. Um, so we've decided not just South Africa specifically. What did you want to talk about today, We did talk about friendship. Why do you want to talk about friendship? Actually, I never, I didn't actually ask you why. Um, well, because recently I was out in South Africa. Uh, Did you? Yeah. Know, and friendship is the main place I stayed. Okay. And okay. ironically, the wine we're going to try today is from the estate that I stayed, one of the main states. Ah, that. you stayed in uh, that. That's okay. Why, that's the, why you specifically yeah. said so. Um, ruining the surprise already. We brought some Holden Man's uh, wine, um, who definitely is is up there as one of the top guys in Franchuk. It's quite a small region, to be honest. Anyway, it's, it's um, a really really interesting region. Um, so in the Franchuk Valley, it's there's lots of tiny little farms. There's not really any big producers. Mm. It's not one of those really interesting regions where there isn't really scope to have any huge producers. There are bigger ones, mm -hmm. but they're no one who's massive, massive. Really compared to like Pal or Stellenbosch, you have much bigger, bigger vineyards. Yeah, well, actually, I mean, I think it's worth pointing out as well. Everyone who uh, is into South African wine has probably heard of Stellenbosch. You know, that is kind of, you know, if you're going to start with South Africa, you start in Stellenbosch. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, they generally have the, the standard grape varieties, your Cabernet, your Merlot, your Sauvignon Blanc, uh, your, your Chardonnay. Um, and so it's it's kind of, that's where people start. But just north of Stellenbosch is Franschhoek. But I've always found, I think the issue with Franschhoek is they have really pushed more like food as if they try to be like the food capital they from everything I, I i feel like they haven't been promoted themselves as strongly as they should have done for wine but that well, how do you feel from being there i mean from being there it's, it's the food culture i think is super important obviously friendship from the name it's actually the french filed area of south africa mm. so the wines tend to be a bit more classic in style and a little mm -hmm. less sort of punchy um that more sort of classic way you find in Stellenbosch. but i think you've just that you've touched on something i actually think south africa should south african wine should have more especially you know in the uk it probably does still hasn't quite cheers but let's hang on we, we, we we're always thirsty let's have a sip then i i feel like you know what people are forgetting this is a new world region but actually unlike uh australia or chile where you know it's the 1800s that actually people come and brought great varieties south africa actually started like in the 1600s you yeah, know very it's, very early history it's so the, this is like your new world old world and it's only you know politics apartheid fighting between the english and the french and you and know going out well okay yeah and going out of favor so they've had, a, they've had a, i mean they have a very interesting history i mean yeah you go back as far as so um uh, klein constantia yes uh, muscat was actually a favorite wine from napoleon the okay. third okay oh okay no i didn't know, that, no, no i did not know that so that's going far back as um back then also the thing that like, napoleon the third quite a bit of time after napoleon the first a lot of people find claim that napoleon drank it he didn't <laughs> it was a favorite wine of napoleon the third so the french have been drinking south african wine for many years mm -hmm. um it just kind of shows its sort of real roots and how different it is um i think also the difference is the topography of south africa i've just got more different soil types than anywhere else in it's the world it's just mountains the oldest as well and, well what did you think i have never been but fauna and flora it's supposed to be you know, number one basically in the world and it's just mount, mountain range upon mountain range well, and no matter where you are speaking of mountain ranges that's why Frangic is so important. It's actually completely surrounded. Completely covered, right? So it's but not all. It's three three ways mountains, right? There's a little. You're not, gap. You've got like a little gap basically yeah, yeah, yeah. through. Okay. But I, mean, I, I even actually drove over when I went all the way down to Hammer Arcade. I drove over Frangic Pass, which one's the scariest experiences of my life. Why? Um, because they it's so. Because no, it's, it's, it's on the mountain. Like no one told me it's on the mountain and there's no barriers. <laughs> so you had a good driver, thank God. The outside line, and then there's people overtaking people in lorries. No. And it was horrifying. Oh. So if you drove too slowly, someone would overtake you, and there's a chance you'd get killed. So you had to drive fast. Yeah. 
but um, yeah, it's only one lane each side, and then if, if you're on the outside lane, you're literally just looking down a, a mountain cliff. So that was wow. um, an interesting experience. Well, I, I just think anyway, regardless, for anyone just to kind of get an idea, um, this is in the the Western Cape of South Africa. So obviously, all the wine readers, basically, almost all are, are found down there. We've mentioned Stellenbosch, the number one, um, n- just slightly north and east is Franschhoek, which we're going to focus on, and then just above that is Pearl, and they are the the coastal regions area. I think it gets. I don't know. Do you find it's confusing for people the fact that with South Africa they talk about the districts and the wards and stuff and the I, mean, geogra- I don't, I, I, I don't I think like so. Many, I don't think the regular drinker knows them too well. No, yeah. But I do think names like Franschhoek, Stellenbosch, they, they those those names do stick. I think it's going to be. It will take more time before you get to the other. I mean, learning about the other wards and other issues is it's something you shouldn't really focus on for the customer. I think mm. it's more for sommeliers and for people who are really into the wine or you know journalist and that side of it but I think that focusing if you're focusing purely on the customer side or for the general drinking side yeah. just focusing on those major regional names will give you enough of a bit of information yeah what oh, do you think oh no carry on I bet the only you see like in regions like Franschhoek though it's so important where the vineyards are placed much kind of almost like Burger, Burgundian sense because for example Holden Mans I know um, I believe they had the highest amount of rainfall which is a proud thing yeah so apparently from what I I, I know very little about Franschhoek to be honest but I know that on one side of Franschhoek um, and I think that this is it's pretty bad seven kilometers long isn't it it's pretty small right but on one side and like, i think I'm, ge- I'm guessing here maybe the east side is like um 400 millimeters of rain a year and then on the other side which is obviously where holden mans is it's like 2000 millimeters of rain so it's like massively well, yeah, crazy it's, in different it's parts basically right in the center part so like in the deepest part of the valley it's the lowest point yeah so it's just it's, it's again it's one of those weird juxtaposition regions where you're talking about having no altitude you're talking about having higher rainfall all the positives because it's such a bloody hot country yeah beautiful country uh, but it is baking hot I mean and I've been out there just after they had kind of that disastrous um, well not disastrous vintage but very tough warm vintage where they had a massive drought and drought has become a common well, problem drought is I mean I think the, the winners the leaders at least the, the, the really good thing about South African winemaking is I think that you know they've had drought as an issue for quite a long time and certainly the vines I mean must be getting a lot tougher and they probably are have a, they've had to adapt to the fact that there's never enough rain, right? Yeah, so I mean, I've got a little bit of a interview I did with uh, the winemaker from Holden Mans, which we're going to put out as a little filler as well. Fabulous. Ten minutes or so one I did when I was at one of the events with them. Um, but we did talk brushing that a bit as well. But it is, it's, it is definitely their biggest fight out there in that region is dealing with that. Well, you've got all these different, you've got all these different rain uh, types. You've got drought. I also know that actually they've got so many different soils. You've got your kind of sandstone soils, much more by the valley. You've got granitic soils. You've even got grey wacky soils, which are quite famous for certain wines in New Zealand, yep. um, which are kind of very funky, funky soils. So you've, you've got. I, I think, I think that when you speak to winemakers in France alone, they're very much like. This terroir is super, super different. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's you can almost kind of pin it down more like a, a, a micro napper. Because when you go to okay, Napa Valley, where Napa has that like, sort of real different style, depending where you are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Franchuk is kind of like that, but a much yeah. more miniaturised scale. Yeah. So it almost then kind of makes you remind you more of Burgundy, where you can go from plot to plot, and suddenly things change quite drastically. The rainfall can suddenly drop by half, and the topography is completely changed. Now you're suddenly on a different kind of slope. So it's quite interesting, and obviously you've got that kind of in the cent- central valley where Holder Mounds is, is that kind of flat plain in the centre of the valley, and then everywhere else is cresting off the hills. Yeah. So it does have a reminiscence of uh, kind of, of, of Napa in that sense of the ways. 
sets out, but much smaller. So for anyone who doesn't know about Frantric, really what they say the grape varieties for their area, they champion Semillon and Chardonnay for whites. And actually, interestingly, um, uh, there's some Semillon there that's well over 100 years old. They've got some really, really old vine, bush vine Semillon. Bocanoche are very famous for their... Boc- uh, ah, is, that, is that how you would pronounce it? Okay, thanks. How would you think it's pronounced? <laughs> anyway, for anyone who say the name again, Bokanush Kluf. That's good. God, South African names. Bokanush um, Kluf. Um, if you look, they. I mean, they they are actually the people responsible for the chocolate block, which I think is kind of like the, um, one of the most super famous wines. Not, it's it's a good wine. Um, definitely a good one, and actually at a good price, at about the drink- twenty pound region, which. Um, a lot of the really good stuff now is, you know, 30, yeah. 40 I mean, I think, I think it's, it's one of the weird ones where I know that some people get a bit down on chocolate block because it's not a purely French wine, it's got fruits not all come, but I think it's a good champion for the region. And yeah. It's become really well known, so it's a good wine sort of as a starting point. To be honest, I think, book, book, I'm just going to say Bocanarchicloff, I'm really can't pronounce it, whatever. They, I think only their top two, two wines are, are actually estate wines, yeah. and all the rest are coming from other regions. And I think, again, that's probably been a bit of an issue um, for... I think I think there was a saying once about French Republic, like terroir by truck. Yeah. You know, so so many of the wines are actually made in Franchuk, but the grapes are coming from from elsewhere. Well, um, that, so that doesn't help the region as a. I think that comes into all the difficult things where Franchuk obviously had such a good reputation and they're high quality yeah. uh, wineries, but he had regions like Pal which have a bad reputation. So it was a lot better to bring it into a house, bring the grapes in from something like Pal. Well, actually, there's some great fruit being grown mm-hmm. now, but if you do go to Pau, it doesn't have the same picturesque. It's like a giant, giant field upon field upon field, so it feels like it's not as um, high quality for a long time wasn't considered it, but there is a lot better wine coming out of there now. It's kind of now beginning to really rise up on its quality. But you mentioned um, that region. I mean, Robertson, for instance, when obviously now we're going um, inland and further east, kind of really wasn't known for doing anything of decent quality. And the last 10 years, I think, has started doing really well. Swartland, which again is about an hour um, the more west um, of Cape Town, um, whereas where we're talking is east. Um, you go to Swartland now, they're re- they've got like an association of winemakers that have to follow really really strict rules um, and they're producing some really very uh, top quality wines also made in a very very like the whole rulings as well as also kind of minimal intervention so there's exciting things in all the different regions yeah there was a really interesting thing to see and also the talk when I travel around South Africa but especially in French you know most people are farming organically now um, mm. that's quite a standard thing in South Africa uh, all working towards it well when you have really good winds all yep. coming in from and the Atlantic um, and you don't have so much rain You've got less issues with disease, fungal, whatever. You you can be organic. Yeah, um, uh, so it's, it's really interesting to see that and the sort of the talk here. But I mean, the focus really is on high quality as well. I mean, when you go around um, and focus on oak, lots of blending. I mean, also we're talking about the greatest champion. We said the whites, but obviously one of the big ones that they're pushing more and more is Cabernet Franc. Do you know what? So I've I've been we were talking about this in the uh, podcast uh, just with Java, the one we just released about you know lesser known varieties, and actually Cabernet Franc around the world just needs to be. It's, more, yeah. It needs to be pushed more. It's so lovely. It's so floral. It's so powerful. The tannins always just seem to be for me when when done well. Always so in balance. It's such a great great 
grape variety. Yeah, it's an old grape variety. It's a Bordeaux grape variety. Oh, wow. It's French grape variety. I don't know whether, whether we'd say it comes Bordeaux. originally from the Loire or Bordeaux. I'm not... Bordeaux, I think, originally. Yeah. Um, but, you know, why, why it's not being championed? So, actually, interesting. Would you say in, in Franchuk specifically they're French pushing yeah, Cabernet Franc? Yeah, there's a lot of 100% French, um, Cabernet Francs coming from Franchuk. Okay. Uh, Holden Man's do one as well. It's stapled quite a few of their wines. Um, and it's, it's a great variety to push more and more. I think just because Cabernet Sauvignon, yeah, you can make big, lush, juicy wines, but yeah. they sometimes lack, in a really hot climate, so they can sometimes lack the complexity, and then they need the blending. Well, this is where, Franchot, really, you do understand the diversity. So the Cabernet Sauvignon is is the red that they, they kind of um, champion at the moment. Um, but also, MCC, Method Clap Classique, which is basically their version of traditional method sparkling wine, so similar to what you'd expect in um, Champagne, that they're becoming... Um, they're really pushing that out. Did you taste piece. any MCCs um, when you were there? A few. It wasn't like, top of my list when I was no, out there. Okay. But, um, but you also, what you see is there's, there's, a, there's a much bigger. The home market's drinking a lot of its own wine. So when you go everywhere, mm-hmm. it's, it's not. You're not going everywhere there's a champagne list everywhere. You're going where there is a Camp Class, uh, Cape Classic uh, list everywhere. So it's quite easy to go out there and try them. Yeah. Um, and just food in general in South Africa. Fantastic. Like, food, I is, really, food is phenomenal. I, it's almost like phenomenal. one of the world's best kept secrets sort of thing. Because, I, 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 you know, you don't really have South African restaurants really in... In well, the UK. Their, their like cooking, in London, their cooking isn't really. I don't. I know. I didn't try anything while I was out there. Where I was like, "Oh, this is South African cooking." Yeah, but it's almost Except like having a bra. Just yeah, it's like loads of incredible barbecues, but then the fish is also like lots of. Si- I don't know. But yeah, but it's, it's very. It's actually very European in the sense of I'd say how the dishes are done. So what so is the it? Fish they just different. they just cook well. <laughs> yeah, they do. But also the produce they've got. I mean, I had springbok. Which I treat like venison, so it's okay. done the same way. And I had that in one of the vineyards, and Springbok is delicious. It's like a mm-hmm. juicier, fattier, meltier, meltier, meltier. It does melt. Is that even it a word? Melt, meltier. Yeah, meltier is now a word. It is apparently for I'm us. Coining that. Um, um, let's let's. What are we drinking? So we've brought the Holden Man's Visionaire. Um, this is based. I mean, so I know anyway that Holden Man's does about ten thousand cases in total production annually. Anyway, um, so they're they're pretty small. They only have about seventeen hectares, um, but this. This is definitely one of the most popular ones in terms of volume. This cost me £17. I got it from All Real Wines, which is a lovely wine shop in Hartney Whitney. So if anyone's passing by, cute little village, go into All Real Wines. But Hennings as well online um, is a really, really good place. And Soho. Soho, um, Soho Wines. I don't, don't, do they have this specific wine? I think it's run out at the moment. Soho Wines by definitely, have ha- they d- I've seen they definitely have the G, the big G, G yeah. the big G. Um, you'll definitely be able to find your Soho Wines by All Real Wines. Speaking, Hennings online. Speaking of the big G is actually named after the owner. Gerald, oh, okay. One of the owners, sorry so to say, Gerald Holden. Who's let's my. take a stop to drink this wine and talk about it and then we'll talk about the winemaker so this is like a spicy Bordeaux blend Bordeaux varieties yeah, with so some Syrah right? it's Cabernet and Merlot um, at the bulk but then it's um, flavoured with a bit of um, Syrah Petit Verdot and Melbet now you said that perfectly uh, let's see if it actually says it on the back and we can check if you're right nah no, they're not going to make it easy for us. Oh, it does. They are here. Cabernet Sauvignon. Ah, Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, Sauvignon, Shiraz, Cabernet Franc, Malbec, Petit Verdot. Boom. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Love a good memory. Um, this, for me, is so easy drinking. It's really super pleasant. Lovely, juicy, kind of chewy black fruit. It is really spicy. As well, lots of black pepper, black it's cloves, a, it's it's chocolatey. Months in oak, so it's, it's got a good amount of time in oak as well. And you can taste that on the finish, but more so, I feel like the fruit is—it's really fruit forward. It's the fruit comes through straight away at the beginning, and then as you get to the length, 
then it gets a little, it gets well, more. Spikes of the flavors mm, come out. It's also, I think it's where, again, to see that whole restraint in the region in general is that yeah. the wine could end up being jammy. It could be over the top, but it's not. No, it's it's got the, the power. This is a lovely yeah. full-bodied wine, but it just feels really fresh, pure black cherries, pure black currant fruit. There's no confectedness. Yeah, there's nothing. Clean fruit, it's clean. Fresh, yeah. yeah, actually. I don't feel like you're not getting that sort of muddled taste. And it's also the acidity's there as well, which I think is really important. They managed to get really with doing quite big grape varieties like Cab Sauvignon, Cab Franc, Merlot. They tend to get really good acidity. So when I was out there. Not, Holy Man's across the entire range have amazing acidity. Also, quite a few other vineyards I went to, acidity seems to be so present. I think that's the food influence. You know, mm. places that have a lot of a lot of dining, a lot of food. You tend to have more acidic wines to help cut through that, especially with bigger meat dishes and that sort of um, that sort of focus. So I think that you really see that in the Franchac Valley. So I feel the wines are quite typical to the food style of the area. And then when you get them close to the coast, you tend to find lighter style wines that fit more with the fish. Yeah. So it is interesting that there is that, like in the old world, that's that quite food to wine relative um, effect going on yeah. which you don't tend to see in the new world so often normally it's farmed during new sales what they can do I think South Africa has a real they so really it's, it's more do more world in that style yeah, I, I think if they marketed themselves better um, they would really they could stand a chance of really people getting behind South African wines because I do think again value you know value for money always I, I, I think the problem we're talking about value for money they, they got pigeonholed quite early as a value mm. for money at the low end and I think yeah, that's, but that's like chili as well isn't yeah. it I suppose it's, it's a constant struggle and it's an interesting one I think if South Africa you go and spend £20 on a bottle of South African wine generally you're going to get a lot more than you would get from I mean, you can have some of the most sort of top wines in the country for all from the top producers for around twenty-five pounds. It's really not in South Africa. You can have some, quite a few of them on that price. Mm, I, I mean, you're not, not, not saying sure that the top wine from the top. I'm not saying that the top top. Well, not there. Not there. I mean, like the, the big. You still have big, a big name. The big names you yep. can get like this, and actually, I think that's another thing that a lot of them are now producing second name, yep. um, second name, second labels and stuff. So it means that we are able to. Well, I think that's also the following in from what happened in Bordeaux, which mm -hmm. is that to help concrete make keep the consistency in your top product, you reduce the amount of that you're making and make a secondary product with good grapes that aren't able to age for as long. I mean, we saw. I think that's what you're seeing following. On. We saw that in Bordeaux with um, all the big chateaus there. They didn't start making a second wine just for sales. They made it to make sure the first wine kept its quality. Uh, and we still try to produce a load of okay quality top wine. They'd rather produce a massively a great top wine and a pretty good second wine. I have to say with this wine, what's really nice is you've got all that beautiful fruit, but actually um, there's some very, very there's lovely complexities just in the background. For me, on the when you're when you're smelling it, you've got this kind of beautiful almost like incense sticks. You've got this slight that kind of um, um, ashy or like autumnal leaf kind of just it giving you a bit of a perfume. And then on the palate, the finish is really that kind of cedar, really soft but kind of fine-grained but you it actually for me it is much it's a it's like it's like drinking an old world wine from a very hot year yeah it is that's, I think that's, I think that's how I would I mean, the winemaker for Holderman is French. Would so. you would you like Terry? Uh, uh, no, so so uh, so as well. The one thing I do know is Holden comes from the name of a Lancashire guy, uh, an English guy, and then Mans is a German guy, and the two of them came together and set up the winery in 2010. That's all I know. Correct. But I yes. Okay, but then so they've got a French winemaker now. You said Terry. Yep. Tell us about good old Terry. Um, oh God, okay. so this one would really be really bad. So he's the one I've done a little bit of an interview with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I just head. I just gave you a cheers about your wonderful memory. I know. Of the I know. But say um. But I know that he um, obviously trained in France originally, and yeah. then he spent some time over in South Africa. He was with a different winery before, which I can't remember the name of, before he came over and worked for Gerard. He's been doing it for the last few years. Um, and he, what I've loved about Holden Mans, I've been working with their wines now, God, since 
since I was about 22, I think, when I first met Gerard and oh, first wow. tried wines. And I think we were, I was the first restaurant to stock them so, in the UK. So, I mean, um, when I was at Allwells. So, so, you probably were getting them as soon as they, like, when they first got released yeah, then? and it's been amazing to watch the, the evolution of okay. the, the wines. Um, they've always had this, the, the fruit's always been fantastic, but it's also seen that the wines have only got more and more complex, the range has got bigger and broader. Um, I think Terry coming on has been a real asset to them as well. Um, he's got a fantastic palate, um, and then it's just with that sort of um, focus on the wines. But I think also um, Gerard and um, uh, Miguel, not Miguel, Manuel, uh, oh God, I'm getting his name wrong now. Mr. Mr. M, Mr. M. M. Um, Make him a spy now. Oh God, that's gonna, I'm going to get shot for that. Um, they, they've always had just a focus on quality of the site. If you, mm. know, if you get to go, go there, do go visit, you can. Um, it is stunningly beautiful, but it's just always so well maintained, and it, the focus has been so much on quality and been really led by them as well. And how, in terms of um, Franschhoek, um, it has a wine train, doesn't it? Like a, there's a little train does, that yeah, you, you go the, up and down. If well, you all the areas have this way. Basically, you know, Stellenbosch has like five wine routes or something. Yeah, yeah there's tons so of like, it's a big thing in South Africa. So there's lots of ways you can go uh, without driving and yeah, easily I mean, get around. Yeah, you can around. stay at Holdermans. What? Have, so it's like a spa break. boutique. Yep. And, and the, the owners fantastic. live on the site. They do. Yeah, they live in the same the same house with the guests. Yeah. So yeah, it's their house. So you're welcome to their home. Um, and uh, Franschhoek is just stunning. It really is just a stunning place to be. How long does it take from Cape Town? About 40, minutes. yeah, okay, yeah. Every, 45 minutes. about South Africa. If you stay in Cape Town, you can basically visit all the wine regions within 45 minutes. Yeah, because so it takes about like 35 minutes probably to get to Stellenbosch. Yeah. 45 to get to um, Franschhoek. It's an hour going to Swartland, which I just want to say we haven't really talked about Chenin Blanc. Um, I think that they're doing some, some really, because um, who's the amazing winery I love? Uh, Moulineau. Okay, yep. For anybody who wants to try Chenin Blanc, which which is the grape variety, the white grape variety of or South S Africa. Or Steen, as it's known locally. It's Steen, yep. yes. S-T-E-E-N. But you don't see that written much anymore. That's well, I died think, off but, but again, because then it's just adding more, you know, yep. <clears throat> confusion. And if anything, you know, you're going to find Chenin Blanc in the Loire Valley, and then you're going to find it in South Africa. So they might as well try and own it. I think the other interesting part about it is that you see this, the same depth of, you see of Chenin Blanc in the Loire Valley you see in South Africa. They have it, it all different spectrums. So, so dramatically, depending on where it's made. Absolutely. And I just think what I love, the, I just love with Chenin as well, that really honeyed nature uh, that it, you get this very cereal, this like earthiness as well. It, I mean, I always say to people, imagine Chardonnay but then add these slightly more savoury honeyed notes, in a way. It has that lovely acidity. I just think it's a really interesting grape variety, one that doesn't get enough. In fact, I don't think South Africa gives it enough recognition, I, I feel. It became kind of a workhorse grape, I think, and I thought that's why, but you are seeing more, actually, Holden Man's now producer, Chenin Blanc, <coughs> again, they're only producing, uh, I call like a, a step-up Chenin Blanc. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you are seeing a lot of the other producers who didn't do it before now moving into it because of its amazing range and quality. So I think within the country itself now it's getting more and more recognition. Yeah. Uh, wine lists I saw in a lot of wine lists everywhere I went. Uh, sadly I had to eat out and drink a lot. Terrible. I had to suffer through it. Uh, oh, through tough it. times. Now, yep. now question. We mentioned Chenin Blanc. So we'll just mention obviously the two great varieties in general of, of um, South Africa. What do you think of Pinotage? Um, interesting to say, I actually went and visited Canon Cop, who are probably the most famous oh, yeah, producer. And in fact, I'm, anyone who looks on, shout out to myself, if anyone on uh, YouTube, if you look at Eat, Sleep, Wine, Repeat, I have done a video on 
Cannon Cop Pinotage. So you can see my reviews on that and learn about the great variety. So go, go now, subscribe, like, share, do it. Carry on, <laughs> moving on. And you went to Cannon Cop. self-promotion. At, well, I hardly promote myself at all. It's, it, it, by the way, everyone, 2020, I'm going to be promoting myself much more. <laughs> That's what I've learned. Dumping down on the promotion. Yeah, why not? Um, would, so yeah, you went to Cannon Cop, amazing. Cannon Cop is, you know, they... They sort of the forefront of Pinotage. Oh. They were the, the only one really considered making a good Pinotage and no mm-hmm. one else could. Um, I think Pinotage has really changed dramatically in the last five, six years. Um, you're seeing a lot more Pinotage at a good price point being produced and it's actually a lot more juicier. They're learning how to deal with the grape better. It's not coming out with that kind of... Um, rubbery. Rubbery and also that kind of smoked, overly smoked note on no it they used to have. Yeah. Um, so I've actually tried a lot of good ones in the last four or five I've years. Been surprised. I think the quality and has I, massively jumped. And I think when you get a good one, you can get these really Mediterranean flavours, really fruit-driven. They can actually be surprisingly serious. And I would say, if you're going to try it, and you want to try it at its best, Cannon Cop is a really good one to go to. But it, I still think it struggles. And for anyone who doesn't know, Pinotage was an interesting experiment where they took Pinot Noir, one of the best grape varieties in the world. The one of the most they, difficult grape varieties to grow, which Yeah, is it was super fussy. And they said, hey, we want it to grow in hotter weather. We'll just take sand so which generally can make some fun fruity wines but it's not really um, it's not really up there and well, they, they, they made them breed and then they, they, they hoped they the babies made them, would come they, out as super pinots instead they came out as, as shitty pinots <laughs> Well, no, I think it came out as just tough pinots. It wasn't. It? The funny thing is, the skins are actually pretty, pretty tough, and the tannins are actually quite strong, which is quite random when, when Pinot Noir and uh, Sanso have quite light uh, yeah, uh, skins. It's I, think, just, I think we learned that playing God doesn't work with grapes. Um, so they, but I mean, anyway, this happened in the 1920s. It, they have kept it. They've been working on it. It, it does give. Um, it does give. South Africa, a point of reference, point of difference. I also think that it gives, I also like to give credit to the stubbornness, which is they've got no, great they, variety no one could work with. They went, no, nope, we're still going to do it. We're still going to do it. And they just yeah. seem to have never quit on it. And it's, it's yeah. I think it has now started paying dividends in the sense of I think the wine quality has really jumped up with them. I've actually got a bottle of the Kennecott Black I brought back with me. They do a, their Black Pinot, which is their sort of longer aged one as well, for, okay. the best, for their top state. Good so uh, I'm looking forward to opening that in a few years. Um, I did get to try it while I was there. It was fantastic. So I think that. There is definitely a lot of scope for Pinotage. I think we can see more come out of it. I don't think you're ever going to really see it come from Franchuk. Yeah. I don't think it's not really grown there. It's not really in the style. If they have a lot more of that in Stellenbosch. And so it's going to be, but I think you'll see more and more of them come around because I think now they begin to understand how the grape works. Um, B Vintners would be a really good one to have a look at. B Vintners, um, part of the Rats family. Oh, okay. So nephew and that Rats is in R A A T Z. No, T S. Oh, is it T S? They're a great, great producer to. to they're another great producer of Cabernet Franc as well, but from the Stellenbosch. And they're another um, Cabernet Franc. Sadie, Sadie um, family, S A D I E. Sadie family makes some. They make um, an incredible red. What's their top red called? Paludush? Pal- 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 oh. I'm not sure. Oh, everyone just look up Sadie family. Um, they're another top um, family that you'll have amazing experiences with in, in um, South Africa. We'll have to do, I think, you know, we focus a little bit on friendship, but actually, I just, actually, I realise, you know, it's such an amazing country. So I think... Um, we should say thanks again to our B underscore bears underscore notebook. Thank you for suggesting that. I think we'll do a proper episode, especially if um, one of our guests wants to, is, well, is was, from South Africa. I was meant to be doing a podcast with Gerard when I was out there. I didn't get a chance to do a full one, but mm-hmm. I think hopefully um, either he or also one of his guys are going to be over in the new year. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe we'll do a big sit down and do a big, uh, good focus on it and we get a bit more insight into it as well. Obviously, if we catch Terry, I'll do him for a longer podcast as well. Perfect. So watch this space. So obviously, we were saying, you know, this is our last podcast of the 
year. We're not. We decided we're not going to make any predictions for next year. Anyone who's paid any attention to the news would know the UK. We have I've no paid, idea. I paid too much attention on. You paid. Yeah, exactly. Would know that we're not quite sure what's going to happen next year. So let's just wait and see. Yeah, and we might all be drinking South African wine. Well, we're important friends. Well, I, well, and Chilean wine, hopefully, yeah. for, my, for my sake. But I have to say, one thing that has been like, how many forest? This is the thought of this year. How many forest fires have we had around the well, world you, this year? I think this, well, the biggest. There's interest, one right now in Adelaide Hills, which is is devastating. Well, I think something like isn't it the after all the all the fuss that was made about the Amazon fire? I think the one in Australia was four times bigger in the first two days. Or something. So yeah, my heart's great to everyone in uh, Australia dealing with that, and especially well, Australia's the, had two this year. Yeah, uh, America's had two. And this is, I think, what is this? When when's picking time in Australia? This probably will be smoking um, out of what, what, what picking time? Picking time? Well, no, picking time in Australia. Yeah. No, it's going to be start start from February. I'm wondering. You know, hopefully, hopefully it's happened before any uh, grapes start appearing. Otherwise, there's going to be smoke damage. So. Oh, oh, when they start appearing, yeah. I thought you said I'm picking. Thinking, no, I was like, hang on a minute. No, 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 no. no but it's, it's about when yeah. the grapes are actually when, when they actually that's start when smoke damage and, yeah. So if you don't know, actually probably never talked about but smoke damage happens when you have fires near vineyards when the grapes are actually out and the fires happen you get what you basically get smoke damage on the grapes and the smoke flavour actually comes through on the wine which is kind of really scary but it can really destroy whole but whole sections of vineyards and doesn't it have it can really affect the grape even the next year like it really it has a knock on effect I think on the vine so it, straight, it stresses the vines of course obviously well that for sure but it doesn't so the, the smoke taint as far as I know you only get smoke taint once the grapes are showing you know what, um, let's look into that and maybe we'll talk about that next year in more detail but yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's definitely one to but it's I know, I know from speaking to I think it was I did a event with uh, women of Yarra Valley when they were doing a talk with some top yeah. female producers in Yarra Valley um, and they were talking about the smoke taint and that some places were avoided it because of where they were and other places didn't yeah. but once you get it it can just destroy most of you so it's not even just about it actually taking out setting fire in your vineyard if you're just it's anywhere nearby, near it's the smoke and, it's, and things you don't know until you make the wine so you still have to go through all the process of making the Ugh. wine to maybe throw some of it away um, which is I can only imagine is horrifying to go through all that work it's so sad so hopefully next year we can be fire free that, yep. that would be my wishes for, two, the, for two, the winemakers 220 no more fires please or droughts that would be oh that would be lovely and the perfect amount of rain yeah. and no fires that is what we wish for our winemakers of, of the world um, we will take a little bit of a break through January I think we need some recovery time so uh, we will take a little pause watch this space and then we'll be back with a vengeance um, more and more professional as we always are <laughs> next year send us your comments contact us like you have been we thank you so much for everyone who s sends us direct messages with your thoughts if you've got any um, regions or something you want us to cover again please do anything really, else from you no just thank you very much for the support guys I mean we've, we've seen a massive jump in people listening we have a lot of people in America now listening which thank you very much for everyone over there yay um, even someone ordered some smelly socks in Florida oh so yeah this as, as John says our Somalia socks sponsor um, if anyone goes on our Instagram at unfiltered pcast you will see um, a few of the uh, modellings of uh, there is John modelling beautifully uh, it wasn't actually me modelling that pair but I wasn't going to was it not you with the my no it's not mine I'll be doing some this year coming we okay well don't worry everyone fear not we will get John's there will be some John's feet, feet. Socks, oh that's yeah. so gross we will get John's feet onto Instagram <laughs> and is there still time to order sommelier socks yeah, before Christmas order. I will get them posted out to you don't worry go straight to my website jonathancleman.co.uk order straight from there shameless plug shameless plug yeah and uh, we'll get them out to you straight away amazing um, Merry Christmas everyone I think that this episode we'll probably put out on it might be Boxing Day could be the day might after might be Christmas Eve we'll see, we'll you see. know what so anyway ha happy festive holidays everyone and have a wonderful new year drink something delicious and we will speak to you soon bye bye